0: Thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades that they'll give you their trial shave set free of charge when you sign up at harrys.com slash fool. Just pay for shipping. That's harrys.com slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, a podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Tuesday, March 20th, and I'm your host, Vincent Chen. Now that we're almost finished with the first quarter of 2018, I wanted to check in on IPO activity in the consumer and retail sector, and there have been a couple debuts. So, for this episode, our focus will be Hudson Limited, a $1.5 billion company. Though Hudson is not a household name right now, if you've done any traveling recently, then you've probably seen or even done business with Hudson. So, joining me via Skype for this IPO discussion is Senior Motley Fool contributor, Asit Sharma. Welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. What up, fools? So I appreciate you coming onto the show today. I'm going to dive right into our discussion. We have Hudson Limited, ticker HUD. I mentioned that frequent travelers are likely familiar with this company because Hudson operates 1,000 newsstands, bookstores, duty-free shops, and other retail storefronts in North America with 95% of its revenue generated at airports. So, Hudson priced its IPO at $19 per share at the beginning of February. The deal raised $750 million, and at its debut, the company had a valuation of close to $1.8 billion. But shares have declined in their first month and a half of trading. Uh, Before we came into the studio, the stock was right around $15 per share, giving Hudson that $1.5 billion market cap. Uh, There's a lot of variety, though, in its retail footprint, uh, which is really interesting, because Hudson stores can range from a kind of minimalist 200 square feet to 10,000 square feet. And they come under the company's own banners, like Hudson and Dufry, but they also partner with third-party brands like Coach, Toomey, and Dunkin' Donuts. So airport concessions are the name of the game for this company. I'll pause there and swing to you, Asit. What jumped out to you for this business?
1: A bit of background on the business that shareholders or prospective shareholders should know really jumped out at me. And that is that this IPO uh, was conducted by um, Hudson's parent company, which is Dufry AG. And this is a European company. It's one of the largest global airport concession retailers in the world. They've got about 2,200 stores in 64 countries. Um, they took all the proceeds from the IPO to pay down their debt. So Hudson didn't receive any of the proceeds for its own purposes. The other thing to be aware of is that this is still going to be a company which is controlled by Dufree. They have stacked the boards with board with their own members. Um, they have the control of the voting interest. So just a quick explanation, the uh, IPO created two classes of stock, A shares and B shares. The A shares are what shareholders will buy, the common stock, and B shares are all retained by Dufresne. Now, the B shares have voting rights of 10 to 1 over A shares, so basically Dufresne has all the control. Having said that, this is a very interesting uh, company. I'll just give a few uh, statistics on revenue and earnings, and we can delve into this a little further. Sure. Last last year in two thousand seventeen, Hudson Retail generated one point eight billion dollars of revenue, and that's about a seven percent improvement over the prior year. It had a really healthy gross margin of sixty two percent, which helped it generate um, before tax profit of thirty two million, which is about double the prior year. So this is a profitable company. It's growing at a reasonable clip. Uh, Net profit was actually a loss of roughly $11 million, and that was due to a one-time tax adjustment. Uh, Those of you who are following uh, the effect of the recent U.S. tax legislation on the companies you own have often seen benefits uh, for companies which are U.S.-based and do business globally. But since Dufree is sort of the opposite, it's uh, partially owned by an overseas entity and does business primarily in the United States. It got the reverse end of the stick in that it had some net operating loss carry forwards that it could have used in the future to offset some future income tax liability. It had to take a hit this year, but it's got that out of the way. This is a healthy company. Um, One more thing to note globally about it, and then I will flip it back to Vince. Let's talk about the revenue composition because this is important. About 76% of the company's revenues are duty paid and about 24% are duty free. The duty free revenue comes from brands that it licenses from the parent company Dufree. So if you've been traveling in past years, anywhere in the world, you've probably seen brands like do free nuance world duty free those shops that you um, walk into maybe to buy some duty free liquor. Uh, it licenses those brands. The rest of its revenue is duty free. 81% of sales come from the United States and about 19% from Canada. Let's slice the revenue one more way. 94% of of its revenue is, uh, Ben says, derived from airports. The the balance is hotels, train stations, and um, in New York City, those kiosks that residents are very familiar with, the Hudson News uh, brand, which is something that I was very familiar with when I was in grad school in New York in the mid-1990s. Of what it sells, food and beverage is the largest category, 35%. And that's followed by perfume and cosmetics at 14 percent, literature, meaning news and books at 12 percent, fashion, so clothing, clothing items at 11 percent, and other revenue at 11 percent. Then it breaks down into some smaller categories. So this is sort of a global view of what the company sells, how it sells uh, and, and where it sells.
0: Thanks, said. I'll touch on a few uh, additional details, especially on some of those product uh, categories that you mentioned. So I mentioned before that Hudson has a lot of different retail concepts and store formats. Uh, think convenience stores, duty free, electronics, bookstores, and food and beverage as well. So. The company has over 200 concession agreements, but its key locations aren't uh, that much of a surprise, given its concentration in airports. So, if you think about Chicago O'Hare, where it has 49 stores, JFK International, another 40 stores, Vancouver International, 43 stores, uh, Los Angeles International, 48 stores, and then McCarran in Las Vegas, another 33 stores. Just those five airports account for over 20% of the company's total store base. Um, and with the Among that uh, store-based asset, you broke down some of those product categories like food and beverage, perfumes and cosmetics and fashion, making up a lot of that top line. But something that's interesting, I think, about this is you have kind of a traditional brick-and-mortar retail operation, but the company mentions in some of their filings Unique influences on its customers. So, due to the con- concentration of Hudson's concessions in airports, the company gets a relatively stable and predictable flow of customer traffic. So, unlike traditional brick and mortar, like the shopping malls and shopping centers of the world, air travel is actually growing more popular, which means more passengers and potential customers wandering around airport terminals. And along with that, A lot of travelers will build potential shopping time or what the company calls dwell time into their travel plans. So, fools who have flown before are familiar with the idea of arriving at the airport two hours or more before their scheduled flight time in case their check in or security lines are particularly packed. But at larger airports, dwell times is estimated to be well over an hour. So, if you get through Um, with all that time to spare for Hudson, that's basically a window before you board your flight where it's an opportunity for them to tempt you into making some sort of purchase, oftentimes an impulse purchase. And then you add to that the fact that flyers tend to come from higher income demographics, that travelers are often rushing, Um, a lot of airlines are reducing their in-flight services like meals to offer cheaper airfare, and then there's more spending taking place at airports themselves. So overall, uh, I think it's important to note that the market for airport concessions in North America comes out to over $9 billion annually. So, uh, rather significant market for Hudson to tap into. Uh, next up, we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about some of the financials, valuation, and then other things that investors should consider for this company. Thanks to Harry's for supporting Industry Focus. Over 3 million people have made the switch to Harry's, and in the process, they've realized that you can get a great shave at a fair price. I'm one of those 3 million happy customers myself. After shaving for a few years with a single-blade safety razor, I quickly realized that a proper shave comes down to high-quality blades. and That's exactly where Harry's razors shine. Their blades are produced at their own factory. Combine that with Harry's Great Smelling Shave Cream, and every morning, I get to enjoy a smooth, comfortable shave while paying half the price I typically pay for quality razors at the drugstore. All Harry's products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee, and Harry's is so confident that you'll love their blades that they'll give you a free, Trial shave set when you sign up at Harrys.com/fool. Just pay for shipping. Sign up to claim your free trial offer from Harrys today. That's a $13 value. Just cover the shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. To get your free trial set, go to Harrys.com/fool right now. That's Harrys.com/fool. All right, uh, Let's hit. Uh, a few more quantitative parts of this company, and then uh, you know, we can look at some of the uh, results in terms of Hudson, uh, what they actually reported recently for the full year 2017. Um, so You mentioned uh, revenue growth, about 7% to $1.8 billion. I thought it was also uh, impressive that their same-store sales were up 4.7% in 2017. Not a lot of brick-and-mortar players can boast those kinds of numbers. and. Their gross and operating margins expanded as well. It helps that Hudson, especially in the North American market, kind of uh, the big uh, player in this industry, can benefit from some of that scale. They have a lot of these strong relationships with airports, for example, and some of these other venues uh, where they can lock down these con- multi-year concession agreements and work with their suppliers, improve, their, uh, improve pricing, innovate with some of their store formats and the different things that they're offering to travelers uh, in these locations. But looking ahead, I think it, what was really impressive was what management guided to in, in terms of uh, the numbers that investors can expect. For example, uh, they guided towards high single-digit organic net sales growth, low double-digit adjusted EBITDA growth and high teens growth for net incomes, that's the bottom line. So, those are pretty robust figures for a brick-and-mortar retail operation. Again, that speaks, I think, to the unique nature of operating in these high-traffic regulated environments, like airports, uh, where Hudson has these concession agreement agreements. And then on the valuation side, I just wanted to mention, the stock trades close to $15 per share, um, or it was right before we came into the studio. So, that gives it a forward price to earnings multiple of close to 20 times. Nothing outlandish, I think, given the high teens earnings growth that management has mentioned. Uh, any thoughts there from you, Asset, for the valuation?
1: Yeah, sure. That, that valuation is right in line with Uh, consumer discretionary uh, figures, if you look at the aggregate, and I always use the S&P 500 consumer discretionary sector, uh, which longtime listeners have heard us talk a lot about on this show. I use them as a benchmark, and, and that forward valuation for that group tends to run at 20 to 21 times forward earnings, so right in line. Um, it was interesting to me is that the numbers that you mentioned, Vince, and I was impressed by this too. We talk about so many retailers and they're always going the other direction, exactly like negative growth. Uh, but this high single-digit organic revenue growth, and high teens net income, the low double-digit EBITDA, those numbers are predicated on two different statistics that uh, in the prospectus uh, Hudson covered. One is that North American passenger volume is growing at a compounded annual growth rate of about 3% a year and will continue that progress through 2025. And the company also says that the average passenger spend has increased at a 4% rate each year. So, when you take those two numbers together, increasing people coming into airport terminals and an increasing spend, it's a pretty good business proposition and those of you fools listening today who are subscribers to um, maybe some of our premium services have come across companies like grupo aeroportuario del pacifico yes uh, which is a company that i cover for premium services each earnings quarter and you are probably familiar with this idea of traffic flow into airports when you have a growing economy and this company that i just mentioned is an airport operator in mexico where the travel business is booming both for tourism domestic travel, business reasons, here in North America, we're not doing so badly either. We're growing at that 3 to 4% clip. When you have that and then you've got these fixed locations within airports, you stand to benefit. Really briefly, I want to mention some of the risks involved in that model, and uh, this has to go with the way the leases are spelled out. Uh, usually, you're exposed to something called a minimum minimal annual guaranteed payment to your landlord when you win an airport concession that means that let's say a terminal decides to to move uh, some of its flow to another terminal you're stuck there you've got to make a minimal payment to your landlord every year that's based on agreed upon formula Uh, a big travel event like 9 11 which unfortunately can really hit the industry hard is also a risk that you face when most of your business is in these airport terminals. Um, on the other hand, Hudson is a well-known name, so in competitive bid situations where they look to expand, they've got an edge over their competition in that airports recognize that this brand brings in travelers. I want to put one more uh, qualitative piece to why that traffic grows so much. Vince, you mentioned people putting in uh, planning uh, planning in time. This is called dwell time. Yes. Maybe to shop on their way between destinations. Sometimes, and, and this has happened to me on many an occasion, you're stuck at an airport, and sheer boredom makes you spend <laughs> after an hour or two. I get bored. I gotta to, to have something to read, um, or I need to buy some gum, or maybe a t-shirt to take home. So I think that's an important part of this business model, a less celebrated aspect.
0: Sure. All right. Uh, I think that's a good transition point for us in terms of some of the risks that you mentioned. Um, the, I think the things that really have weight here, in my view, for this company and for this stock, uh, are the last couple topics that we'll cover here. So first, um, there's some of the issues I think with the relationship that the that Hudson has with its kind of uh, controlling shareholder, uh, Doofree, and then second, there's the longer term roadmap. For expansion for this company, so again, as you mentioned, asset you have to keep in mind that Dufree holds all the Class B stock, those ten votes per share. I think it has over ninety percent of the voting interest in Hudson, and uh, it's always something for investors to keep in mind when they when uh, another kind of. Kind of uh, entity has that kind of controlling interest. Um, We'd like to call that out when evaluating a stock, and because that affects some of the actual business relationship that Hudson has, due to its obligations to deal with Dufer in terms of certain uh, supplier relationships and things along those lines. But last but not least, I also wanted to look at the broader outlook for Hudson. So, for the company to grow, um, you mentioned some of the kind of high-level uh, tailwinds that it has in terms of passenger traffic. Uh, People's spending at airports. I think there is also the more straightforward option here where uh, Hudson is able to lock down more concession agreements, grow the number of stores it has, for example, in existing locations. But looking beyond that, the company's also starting to expand outside of airports more and more uh, where it already has a presence in most of the major airports. So the company. Is going to ultimately have to seek out other places where it can operate stores. So, for example, you can find Hudson in a few tourist attractions like the Houston Space Center, the Empire State Building. But a more recent development in June of last year, Hudson opened stores at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. So, I think non traditional venues like that will be very important to Hudson's long term growth. And Usually we can point to international markets as another major opportunity but I think again due to the re- company's relationship with Dufry's own operations abroad I think that's less likely to be something that Hudson can gain a lot of exposure to but on the other hand Dufry and Hudson are no stranger to acquisitions so Hudson itself was a 2008 buyout then it was followed by uh, nuance in 2014 and world duty free group in 2015 the North American operations for those two acquisitions acquisitions were rolled into the kind of Hudson Enterprise. So there are other, keep in mind that there are other smaller and regional concession operators that could be rolled into Hudson's portfolio. So we have about a minute here. Asid, uh, any final thoughts or takeaways on your end?
1: I think this is an interesting company to start following for all the reasons we've mentioned the long term growth potential, uh, the fact that. It has a build between organic growth and new store expansion to uh, increase its value over the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that the company is trying to maximize every last bit of square foot in its airport stores. It's experimenting with different store formats, as you mentioned, Vince. Um, and they're trying to optimize that food and beverage category, which carries a high margin. The flip side, which, you know, we've talked about the control by Dufresne is something to uh, keep in mind if you're going to buy the stock. But wait a few quarters this year, uh, and let's see how the company operates as a public company um, and get more of a specific growth plan for management as the year winds on. This is not a stock I'd plunge into, but definitely put this on your watch screen. It's, it's intriguing.
0: Yep, I completely agree. I think when it comes to brick and mortar, a lot of the thriving retailers that we've talked about either have some sort of brand strength, large-scale or special niche that they can tap. So, if you think about do- dollar store chains, discount retailers, the luxury brands, I think Hudson definitely falls into this group as well, and the same-store sales and earnings growth kind of speak to that strength. And then, But in the end, we often advise Fools to give young public companies like this at least six months to a full year after their initial public offerings before taking a position. Um, but Hudson, I think, is definitely going to be a name that we follow 2018. So thanks again, Asif, for hopping on, and thanks for listening, fools. We'll have more IPO coverage for you coming soon. People in the program may own companies discussed on the show, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you hear during the program. Fool on.